This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. As a kid, I had uh, the awesome opportunity to meet and get to know some lovely women from Nigeria. They were known in our diocese as the Nigerian nuns. They came to the United States at the invitation of a priest of my diocese, Monsignor Irving de Blanc, and he wanted them to come to the Diocese of Lake Charles, come to the States to serve, to teach, to work in nursing homes, to work in hospitals. A small contingent of these nuns still remain here in the States, and they have such a vibrant faith. When I was about 12 or 13, a group of us from the youth group were invited to go to their home and have mass with them, and it was three and a half hours. And I remember when I was leaving, one of the sisters uh, was sharing with us why mass was so long, and she said something to me then, years and years ago, that I I heard again in the conversation with our guest today, Samuel Mina. She said that in Africa, the church's time is outside of the world's time. In other words, the time spent in worship, the time spent with the Lord, was time that wasn't kept. That it was time that was completely and totally given to the Lord without thought of how long things would take or what they had to do next on the schedule. Now, Nigeria is vastly different from Kenya, is vastly different from Cameroon or Ethiopia. Africa is a very vibrant continent with many, many different countries. And so while it's not necessarily the Nigerian culture that we're learning about today, I was struck by what she said then, and then nearly 20 years later, hearing something very similar from my guest today, sharing about the church in Kenya. I had the occasion to meet Samuel, our guest on today's episode, back in March of 2018, like many of the other guests for this season. And he was a young seminarian then and is soon to be a priest now. And it was great to get to sit down and visit with him a little bit about his journey through seminary, about his waiting to be ordained currently now due to COVID, things slightly delayed, but the ministry that he's getting to do there in Kenya, there in his home diocese. I do want to let you know that we had some technical difficulties as we were recording. The Wi-Fi was not the best, and so a, a few parts of the interview had to be chopped for sound quality, but I still think there's some excellent content here, some good things that Samuel had to say about Africa as a continent, about Kenya as a country, and about the church in general and Catholicism around the world. All of the content for this series is available on AveMariaPress.com. I certainly hope you go check it out there, see what we're creating for you, podcasts, videos, articles, social media content, and everything else. So without further ado, a conversation with Samuel Mina about the church in Africa. Well, Samuel, thanks so much for joining us on Ave Explorers. Oh, you're most welcome. I was really looking forward for this. Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm so happy. It's been. I mean, it's been almost three years since we've seen each other. It feels oh, yeah, like because it was back in 2018. Yeah, March of 2018. Three years, three, years, three years away. Yeah, it's crazy to think how much life has happened since then. Tell me where you're where you're at right now, and and what's been going on in your life the past few years. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Thank you very much. I'm uh, currently in Kenya because I'm done with my studies in Rome. That is where we met years ago. I'm, I'm done with my studies. I'm back to the houses in Kenya. 
a diocese called Nyahururu. Nyahururu diocese, it's in the central part of Kenya. That's where I am currently, but working in a parish uh, by the name of St. Charles Wanga. And One of our parishes in the diocese. When will you be ordained a priest? Oh, <laughs> I'm expecting that one to happen very soon. Okay, it has been delayed because of the corona. Mm-hmm. We understand very well we cannot have uh, even day uh, big big gatherings, you know? Right, right. And uh, according to a tradition, uh, and especially here in, in Kenya, the ordination is a place where everybody comes. Right. And my bishop, a little bit particularly worried, the same with other diocese, because we cannot be able to gather everybody. So. So we are just waiting when uh, when the moment the conditions will be better, we can be able to organize and have it. But I promise you it could be very soon. God willing, in the month of April, God willing. Oh, wonderful. We'll pray for that for I'm sure. Hoping that the, the, the situation of Corona will allow us to do that. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit, Samuel. So you are from Kenya, born and raised. Um, you ended up in Rome as a seminarian. What... what Tell me a little bit about growing up in Kenya and then all of a sudden finding, not all of a sudden, but but finding this vocation to the priesthood, your discernment, and then what it was like to go from Kenya to Rome to study. Okay, uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a discernment journey. So uh, it started a long way when I was a, a small boy, when I decided uh, to, be, to be serving the mass as the mass servants. And then that desire grew, grew, grew day by day. Of course, through the, the help of my parents, who are even my mother currently, because my dad is gone, with the Lord. But they always supported me, encouraging me each and every time, my brothers and sisters, wherever they are. And then from there, it went to the larger community that is uh, the, the church of the parish where I was brought up, getting involved yeah, in the church activities, serving mass. And then from there, the group of young people, the youth. Then to, the, to, the, to, 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 to when I finished Form 4. Then after that, I applied for the seminary and then I found myself joining seminary. It was, well, all the expectations that I had, all the images that I had about the priesthood, yeah, they came to be, they, they, they got much, they, they, they just matured slowly by slowly to an extent that uh, I realized that priesthood is more than what I was deserving when I was a small boy. When I was serving, it's more than that. It's more mm-hmm. of service and service to the people. Of course, service to God. Then uh, I joined the seminary called Christ the King Major Seminary. We found it here, found here in Kenya, where I was for five years. Then immediately after finishing my philosophy, I started immediately my theology for one year. And then along the way, I, I don't know, I just count it as a, uh, as a divine providence. I found myself being selected to go to Rome, mm. to represent my diocese, to, to be sent as an ambassador by my diocese to go and have a different experience altogether, all for the same purpose of serving the people of God here in my houses, because I was there only for studies. And then after studies, I come back to mm-hmm. serve. So more or less, that's how I found myself going to Rome, something I've never imagined, something mm-hmm. I've never dreamt about. It just came. That's why I'm referring to it as a God's providence, because yeah. through it, I've been able to, to interact with many people and also to meet you, because were it not yeah. for that, I could not be able to meet you. you could not be. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So it was all... It was all within the plan of God that uh, I should go there. Uh, I should have a different experience, meeting uh, different cultures, uh, studying a different language, uh, experiencing experiencing something different in my life. That uh, I can say it has uh, it has been positive, as a positive gain as far as my discernment is concerned. Of mm-hmm. course, 
there have been challenges, like in each and every kind of life. But through the grace, we are moving on. And uh, it's all about uh, discovering self-discovery. It's all about uh, serving God and more, or less, uh, more in the best way we can be able to. to mm-hmm. So you said you were a young boy yeah. in, you know, growing up in the church in Africa, altar serving. Tell me about the church in Africa. What what did you experience as a kid? Because I, I know what I've seen, you know, in conversations with people from Africa. We have some African priests here in our diocese. We have some nuns from Nigeria. And going to their masses, it's always quite vibrant. Um, there is a lot more... A lot more life than I would say. Sometimes the the mass can be, in my experience, and in, in a very uh, Caucasian experience. Tell me about the church in Africa. Allow me to move out uh, out out today. I mean, to digress a bit, a little bit, and uh, give a practical experience that uh, I found myself in in a parish right now, working with the people. And uh, like today, for example, I was in the pastor visiting the sick. It's a wild day of the sick. And uh, I could be able to see even today the people, all the dust the people have for God, waiting for you, not looking for the time, but giving themselves and giving the day to be with the people. It has mm. been an experience that has happened for uh, for quite a long a long period of time since I when I was a young boy, and even today when I'm still serving as a deacon, finding uh, all people involved, both the young, the old, the middle aged. Everybody just feeling uh, part and parcel of, uh, you know, uh, service to God and also giving themselves uh, towards uh, towards that service or towards that task that is still amongst the people of God. Like I was touched so much today, going to the house of an old lady who was waiting for me all the way from morning because I had a number of people that I had to visit. This lady was telling me she's almost approaching 100 years. And can you imagine each and every Sunday walking all the way from her home, coming to the church because it's quite a distance, but she still have that dust even in her old age without mm-hmm. counting the means to go to the church, uh, without counting her age and so many other factors. On Sunday, I met the same lady. She could not be able to come to the church because her was in the out station. It was a little bit far, but she waited for me because I had the, the, the vehicle to come and uh, to go to the next place where I was going without looking at the watch. And without even forgetting her offertory that has to be done during the mass and also receiving the blessing. So it is something mm-hmm. I've just given one example, which at least can give a, a clear or can give a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of light or an insight mm-hmm. towards uh, understanding yeah, the dust and um, uh, the need is still the people, are, our people, all our Christians, the church in, in, in Kenya, uh, the need that the people are, are experiencing. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Samuel about the church in Kenya and Africa at large. You can find all of the content we're creating for Ave Explorers Catholicism around the world over at AveMariaPress.com. I hope you click over there to find the articles, the podcast, the videos, and more that we're creating just for you. Yeah, it sounds like there's a great devotion of the people and like you said, like they don't, they're not looking at their watch. That, that's a, that's a very American thing is to, oh, father went over an hour, you know, that's, that's, you went past your, your allotted time on Sunday. Do you find that this devotion, um, is it, is it something, is it a cultural thing? Do you think it's something just embedded within the life of worship uh, of the Kenyan people in, in the African church in general? 
Yeah, I would count as, as, as something that is coming deep from heart. But I want to say, I'll say it is, is, is the culture, but I want it is to say that it is, yeah, it is, it is a manifestation of uh, the gospel values that are, uh, we can say, well inculcated in the heart of the people, in the sense that they are coming out as a, as, as a culture, as a, way, <laughs> as, as a way of life, that the people, are, you know, they don't have that difficulty from uh, giving what is, uh, what is coming really from their heart, so expressing mm -hmm. it. Yeah, those values that are well inculcated in our lives. Not to say that uh, all the places are like that, but at least we go by the majority. Mm -hmm. The situation is like that. Not counting even the challenges that we may find here and there, but having the wide picture, generally more or less, that's how uh, the situation is. Yeah. What would you say are some of the challenges that uh, the church is facing maybe specifically in Kenya, but I mean, just in general, because you've spent some time in Rome, you've spent time with people all over the world. I mean, imagine a non-COVID world. We know what challenges we're facing because of COVID, but even before this pandemic, what were some of the struggles that you think Kenya was facing as far as the Catholic Church is concerned? Yeah, first of all, I can say because of the, we have the find in our constitution, and because of that freedom of worship, you find that each and every day there is a church that is coming up. And the church that is coming up, it has its own reason. They have their own, uh, their own uh, we can say, their own motives, uh, all in the name of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But you find that along the way, these values are changed and they become more or less personal interest. You find that because of that mushrooming, we can say, of the churches, uh, the challenge is there. By the end of the day, we lose the values uh, and we lose the focus. And mm. along still the same path, you find that uh, many people get caught up by this, we can say the gospel of prosperity. Mm. We want uh, things that are working. We want ready-made uh, miracles. We want a God that we pray today and tomorrow is going to bless us. And people, and especially the owners too, like bring a confusion that slowly by slowly it has come to us and it has affected, which is one of the challenges that you can say it is a major, not counting about the corona because that one, you know, it has been everywhere and uh, there has been a reluctance in the people. Like now mm -hmm. I was telling you, I was going on visiting uh, the sick and the aged, but uh, also passing in the house of the people that are, things, that are still saying, uh, we have corona, we cannot go back to the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> we want to, 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 to have the mass being continued through the, the TV and the, the social media and the, such kind of things. Yeah. Do you find that as a young, almost priest, um, God willing, very soon, that your experiences of the church growing up, uh, perhaps this, this deep devotion, this we're going to give our time to God. Um, do you find that you are maybe very well equipped to address some of these challenges to serve these people because you've, you've been a faithful Catholic your whole life, but also because you've gone to Rome and you've seen that bigger view? How has going to Rome, how has studying with people from around the world perhaps expanded your understanding of ministry and of the church in general? Okay, thank you. Well, as I said earlier on, going to Rome has been a good opportunity. I count it as a good opportunity that has been given. And one of the things that I've experienced there, having lived in a college where we, uh, it was an international college, international in the sense that we had people coming from different parts of the world. So there was that cultural exchange 
and there was that uh, we can say mutual uh, mutual enrichment that was coming from this interaction with the, my colleagues both in the mm -hmm. college where I was and also both in the university the studies and all kind of things and that is something that I've really appreciated going back to the challenge that I mentioned about uh, you know the mushrooming of the churches and all the kind of things, I'm not against that uh, neither do I want to but because I realize the importance of uh, the coexistence the importance of how we can sit together and how we can be able to, you know, to outline and values so that whatever, they, they, because, uh, because our aim is, is, is preaching the word of God, it's bringing the message of Christ to the hearts of the people for the salvation, but not for the, you know, for those uh, motives that, personal motives or self, uh, you know, personal interest. Eh? Mm -hmm. But I think it is something that we'll be able to enhance through the dialogue sitting together and saying the wider view of the things eh? mm -hmm. something that i've really appreciated by the fact that I've, I've gotten that experience of you know meeting different cultures meeting different experiences and believing that the difference is not uh, is not a reason for the division but it's it can be you know that diversity is mm -hmm. it can bring there is also that unity that can come from that diversity that we have so that mm -hmm. is something that i'm looking forward even in the visit that i'm making the interaction that i'm making uh, around and also uh, in line with uh, the teaching of the church and especially the magistrate of Francis, who, more or, who most of the time insists of the church that uh, is not very far away from the world. The church right. that is ready to go out to the evangelical audience, to go with the people, the church of, you know, of witnessing Christ through our own life. I think that is something that, uh, uh, that I'm really working on and also, you know, trying to preach that gospel. But we need to, to, to to be the testimonies mm -hmm. of uh, of what we preach through our own actions, forgetting even about the words in right. that line. Something that I've been able to to get uh, more or less accustomed with when I was uh, in my studies back in Rome. Yeah, I mean that's something that we talked about at the pre-synod that the church is not this insular institution that hides away, but is is going to the margins, is going to the people. I mean, you mentioned going to visit parishioners and sharing with them, you know, the, the the body of Christ and giving them this understanding of the church is, the church is part of our home life, not just a place that we go to. And then challenging people, I think, to, um, to implement that within their own lives. Samuel, um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Uh, and I have a crying baby in the other room. So the question that I've been kind of asking everyone at the end is if I were to to fly to Kenya tomorrow again, COVID doesn't yeah. exist in this scenario, and and hop off the plane and spend a week with you. What would I see and learn and experience in the church uh, while I'm there? What 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 Catholicism would I see come to life right in front of me? Oh, you mentioned about the vibrancy, but mm -hmm. it's still live in our church. So that is one of the things that we'll be able to experience. That is more or less uh, vibrant. Okay, it may be shocking <laughs> because also there is still that element of culture. You know, we are most so much moved by the music and you know going out. You know? It may be a little bit shocking, but it's a way of expressing uh, the connection that people feel between themselves and their God. That is mm -hmm. so much. That is well. Uh, it is well elaborated. That is well visible uh, in the people, and even somebody is coming. Then on top of that, you'll find some challenges like in other parts uh, of the world because uh, we have so many problems that we are trying to, you know, to tackle the church because 
the mission of the church is not only preaching the gospel. Okay, that is number one, our aim, the divine mandate, to go and preach the, the gospel. But we also have, have the role to build our society in mm -hmm. the sense that, like I give an example, in our parish right now, we have a project of a school. So we want to set up a school. It is going on. It is in the face. And why are we doing that one? Because it is not enough to go and preach the gospel, whereas we don't contribute towards changing our society. So those are one of the, and uh, another place, you go to another place, you find them, they have a project of the hospital, just trying to you know, change or bring something new to the community on top of the gospel. And uh, of course, it comes with its own challenges here and there, but those are the things that will be visible uh, to somebody who is coming to us and somebody who is, uh, who is, who is, who is really so much connected and uh, so much interested to going back to, to see the, the picture. Because when mm -hmm. we see the Africans out there in the world doing so many, it means also they have their own uh, challenges here and there. So they are trying, like any other church in the part of the world, to, 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 to tackle or to, yeah, to, to, to solve. Mm -hmm. Still well, in the name of uh, trying to, 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 to fulfill our divine mandate, which is to preach the gospel. Yeah. Well, we'll be praying for you and your ordination uh, to happen soon so that you can continue to do that work, which I think... I can tell you will do beautifully as a priest of our church. Um, and hopefully when COVID oh, is over, thank you, thank you. either you can come to the States or, or we'll come to Kenya and get to spend some time oh, together. I'll be waiting for you in Kenya anytime that uh, the pandemic is through and all. Yes. That, you know, yeah, we'll bring I'll the family. I'll be ready to host you in wherever I'll be. I think one of my favorite parts of this entire series has been hearing stories of people's parishes, hearing stories about people uh, that that people know that are worshiping, that are living their faith bit by bit, day by day, which is the whole goal of the Ave Explorers series. Whatever the, the topic or the theme may be, we want to tell the stories of, of real, faithful, everyday Catholics who are trying to live their faith a little bit better every day. And Samuel gives a, a remarkable witness, not only of someone who has seen quite a bit of the world, who has studied in Rome, is serving in Kenya, but who has been with the Kenyan people, the Kenyan Catholic community, is one that he knows quite well and is an inspiration, quite frankly, that he is able to be back with his, his parishes, with his community in his diocese, waiting anxiously for ordination, but to be present to the people in a unique and beautiful way at this very strange COVID time. It was a joy to visit with him. It was a joy to hear about the church in Africa. You can actually hear more about the church in Africa from the perspective of a Cameroonian Catholic. Father Lim Gamsey joined us for a Facebook Live conversation. You can find the recording over on the Ave Maria Press Facebook page. Father Lim, too, expressed, I think, something that's quite beautiful about Catholicism in Africa as a whole, which is that same idea of God's time is time far beyond what one could find to follow on a watch or a clock. So you can find that conversation over at AveMariaPress.com. He's a priest from Cameroon serving in the Diocese of Nottingham in England. So it's a really unique perspective. We've got more content about everything that we've been unpacking for Catholicism around the world over at AveMariaPress.com. The videos, the articles, the podcasts, social media exclusives, everything's available there. We hope you go over and click on it, subscribe so you can get the weekly emails straight to your inbox. We'd love to have you join us for this series, the remainder of it, of course. And then our next series, which will be beginning in April on faith and science. What does it mean as Catholics to dig into faith and science and how they relate to one another? 
We've got some great conversations coming up for that series. So if you click on over and subscribe to this series, you'll be signed up and ready to go to get all the content for that upcoming series as well. As always, we're grateful that you have joined us. We're grateful for the listen. We'd be grateful for a rating and a review, as well as a follow on Instagram at Ave Maria Press. We'll see you soon. We have another conversation later this week with Sean Forrest about the orphanage in Haiti that he runs with his friend, Father Louis Marazne. So we hope you stick around, subscribe, give us that rating review, share the show, and we'll talk with you soon.